This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com. Quick announcement. The Big Change Program reopens tomorrow. That's Wednesday, November 23rd. Check your email for a link to read all about it and register. I'll be sending out rolling emails so that there are certain folks who are a member of Healthy Habit Huddles or private coaching clients, things like that, who get to pre-board. Uh, we're opening it up to about 60 people this time. And given my business partner, Josh Lajani's meteoric rise to fame with his appearance on the cover of Runner's World magazine this week, I expect those slots will go pretty quickly. So check it out, bigchangeprogram.com. You can read all about it now, even if you can't sign up, and I will send an email as soon as the link is ready for it. And now to today's episode. My guest, Doug Schmidt, is an enrichment teacher and health and wellness coordinator for his upstate New York school district. Now, I have a... PhD in health education and a master's in public health, so I know the sorts of things that health educators typically do in school districts. Things like stress reduction, smoking cessation, and getting teachers to like take the stairs instead of the elevators, if there are elevators, and park farther away from the front entrance and wear Fitbits and get in their steps and things like that. And these are all laudable and noble goals to be sure, but they're pretty far from what we in the plant-based community know is possible and really powerful. So Memorial Day 2008, Doug's in his backyard. At the age of 49, he has a heart attack. And of course, all the stress reduction, abstinence from cigarettes and daily steps could not have overcome and did not overcome the effects of half a century of the standard American diet because Doug was a healthy guy, so he thought. He was active. He, was, uh, he and his wife were hiking across the peaks of the Adirondacks just a month before the heart attack. And he was carrying an extra 60 pounds which in his mind kind of didn't really categorize him as high risk because everybody he knew looked kind of the same. And so despite this active lifestyle and a fat camouflaging wardrobe, Doug received a stent in his left anterior descending artery, was incredibly grateful to be alive, and decided then and there that he didn't want to spend the rest of his life on medications. So he began Googling. And as so many of us who Google discover, he found... Caldwell Esselstyn. And from there, it was a journey and a process. And fast forward, Doug is at his ideal weight. He's the picture of health. And not only is this a personal journey, but Doug took seriously his work as a health and wellness coordinator in a school district to start conducting plant pure pod jump starts for other faculty members in the school. So he's really spreading it out into the school, into the community, into the kids' classrooms, and is really sparking a quiet one-person revolution in health in his neck of the woods. So without further ado, Doug Schmidt, welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me, Howard. Oh, it's a pleasure. So let's jump right in and tell us what you do. I am uh, what they call an enrichment teacher in a primary school in uh, upstate New York. Um, that's my main job. My secondary job to the district is I'm their health and wellness coordinator. Okay. Is that a job that you invented or created for yourself, or is that something that like exists, like schools have that? Um, schools have that now. Um, at least the schools up in our area do. Um, um, Schools have been, um, due to uh, a school wellness policy that actually the government came out with, um, they have to form a uh, health and wellness committee. And so typically the head of the health and wellness committee is the health and wellness coordinator or director who oversees all that. Ah, gotcha. So, so I'm guessing that you're a fairly different health and wellness coordinator than... Um, than the typical in, ter in, ter in terms of the interventions that you, that you promote? Most health and wellness coordinators, they're looking at stress reduction in the workplace. They're looking at um, physical fitness, smoking cessation um, type um, uh, um, um, applications. Um, with me, I do all that, but I'm also trying to address... Um, um, some of the other problems in the district, like obesity and, and things through diet and, and taking it a little different task. Yeah. Awesome. 
with the whole food plant based. Whole food plant based diet. Ah, we've we've gotten to the uh, <clears throat> the central plot point here. Uh, as 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 absolutely zero people listening to this will be surprised by. Um, so, how did you come to it? How did how did you discover a plant based diet? What's your what's your journey? So, and uh, Memorial Day two thousand and eight, I was walking in my yard and had a uh, pain in between my shoulder blades that then radiated to my chest that then took me to the ground. And uh, little did I know at the time I was having a heart attack. Um, I was 49 at the time. Um, my wife rushed me to the hospital because we didn't know it was a heart attack at the time. Oh, and my doctor said, you should get to emergency. So she drove me in and um, they hooked me up to everything. And they're saying, you're having a heart attack. And um, after um, they uh, took me in, they put a stent in my lower anterior descending artery. And um, a day later, I walked out with uh, some new hardware in me and uh, was glad to be alive. Um, but at 49, I didn't want to be stuck on medication the rest of my life. You know, what's the long-term effect of these drugs? So I, I immediately went out on the Internet and, and said, what can I do for heart disease? And stumbled across um, Dr. Esselstyn's work, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. Mm. And w with that... I looked at it, I read it, I also read Ornish at the time, and I said, this is too severe, I can't do all that, which, you know, now I almost laugh at it. Um, but we did cut back, uh, my wife and I, we cut back on red meat, processed things, um, dairy for the most part. Um, but a year later, I had a scare. Um, I was rushed by ambulance to the hospital again, um, luckily it was a research hospital and they said, yes, there's some blockages, but we're going to just watch them. We're not going to stent anymore. So I think I got lucky there. Um, so, uh, and that's when I started taking, yes. taking things seriously. Gotcha. So, so let, let me back up with you a little bit. Um, so you found out you're having a heart attack. Um, it sounds like you and your wife were pretty shocked that at, at the age of 49. Did, how, how is your health and like, weight and like was this like a bolt out of the blue or like you know well, what was the tra trajectory wife, psychologically leading up to that well both my wife and i are pretty active we go camping hiking canoeing uh kayaking in fact the month earlier we were up in the adirondacks um in early spring um doing a hike across a couple of the high peaks porter cascade up in the adirondack mountains um, and, and we think, you know, gee, if it happened there, I'd be a goner. Um, so we thank our lucky stars there. But um, I, I think at the time I probably said, I'm not as bad as other people. You know, I, I think a lot of times we have a skewed sense of what's healthy, especially when we're not healthy. And, yes, I had an extra 60 pounds of weight on me. And even though I was never diagnosed with high blood pressure, or um, high cholesterol, it was working in my body. And I just was lucky that I, I, I guess that I had never had issues before. Uh -huh. So it wasn't, it wasn't, so, it wasn't something you, you didn't self-identify as someone who was at risk. You were just like portly. Exactly. Well, and, and even at portly and then, you know, people tell me at school, I never thought you were fat. Well, I hid some of that, you know, and compared to other people in the building or other people that I work with, I was skinnier than some of them. Um, you know, I was a 49 year old man with those extra pounds. And, um, even though I might've been active and may have had some, you know, seemed enthusiastic about stuff. I think I hit it. You know, I buy clothes that were a little bigger, so it didn't show and, um, wore clothing that fit. So it didn't look as bad. But now, in, in retrospect, um, yeah, I was overweight and um, needed help. Mm. So I'm also struck by something you said that makes you very atypical, which is I didn't want to be stuck on this medication the rest of my life. Like, that's not how Americans think. <laughs> what, 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 made you, what made you say that? It's like, you know, that's, that's like, you know... I, a rite of passage and you're in your fifties and you go on a bunch of meds. Um, I, I think because 
seeing um, my parents themselves um, and seeing my in-laws who are were on so many medications. My parents have since passed, but they retired and they thought they were going to be great, but their health wasn't great. And they started taking medicines and they had to start working to pay for the medicines and they continued their bad health. And I just said, there's got to be a better way. And I didn't know if there was a better way. I was hoping there was a better way. Um, and luckily, through a great internist, um, I was able to um, find one that would work with me towards that goal of getting off all medication. Mm. And so when you went on the Internet, like finding Esselstyn is, you know, if, if you don't know what you're looking for. And this was what eight, 2008, 2009. Uh, right. Like, good luck to you. Like, how, how did you come across him and not immediately go, oh, he's, he's the quack that a few people are making fun of, the real doctors? I, I think probably, and, and like a lot of people, when I came out of that hospital, I, I was in, in this sort of shock. Oh, my gosh, my mortality, you know, was thrown in my face. And I felt like I, I, I had a second lease on life. So, but also I was desperate. I was, I, you know, I'm also a chicken. I don't want to have to go back in the hospital and get cut open in any way, shape, or form. So if I can change something, and, and I knew my diet was, was not perfect at all. Um, not that I had a lot of processed foods, not that I had a lot of fried foods, but I love cheese and I, I love baked goods and I loved a lot of things. So I figured, you know, diet, it made sense to me when I did find Esselstyn that diet would play a part. And reading Esselstyn's book, it, it's sort of like, that makes sense. It makes sense. Whatever you take in is going to affect your body. It has to. Um, so I didn't, I, I never thought of Esselstyn as a quack and Ornish. I never thought of as a quack. I, I just thought I was still, um, somewhat invincible. I, I wasn't that bad. I only had one step, you know, um, sort of uh, deluding myself that I could, I could get by and, and do it a little differently than what they recommended. Uh-huh. So you're like, yeah, I could do this. You know, yeah, this diet would probably work, but it's not going to work for me because I, I'm, it's too hard to commit to. Was that kind of it? Well, 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 actually it was, well, I'll do some of it. You know, I'll, I'll um, eat more fruits and vegetables. Um, I looked at the Heart Association website, which was sort of a mistake, and they said, well, here it says I can have four eggs a week. I'm only having two on the weekends. How bad can that be? Um, so I've, I'm less than bad, so I should be good. And I'm not eating red meat at all, and I cut away pork. All I'm eating is um, chicken or poultry and fish. That should be okay. But then when I had that scare, um, okay, let's start getting serious. And then it was sort of, even then I, I wasn't following Esselstyn exactly. I was having oil. I figured, well, I'm... I'm I'm, you know, I've cut out all the dairy. I cut out all the meat. I'm just having fruits, vegetables, grains, and I'm using the oil. Um, and the weight did start to drop off and things did get better. My internist, um, he would see me every three to six months, take blood work, and he could tell if I was improving or not. But what would happen is during the wintertime, I'd eat more bread and other stuff, and I'd gain weight over the winter. And any time my weight got up over um, 200, my sugar started spiking, and my doctor said, you're borderline diabetic. If you don't control your weight, you're going to have issues. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so I, I focused more on eating cleaner, but we were still having a lot of the oil. And then um, I had issues with statin drugs. Uh, my first statin caused me to have plantar fasciitis. Uh. The second one they put me on caused my toes to splay. It felt like somebody was spreading them apart. And the third one, which um, was Crestor, um, and all the time, uh, well, the third one they um, 
it caused generalized muscle weakness throughout my body. I was walking around with a hiking stick because I couldn't get up and down the stairs without it. I felt like I was 95 instead of um, 50-something. And so I went to my doctor, and he says, it's the statins. You, you do not tolerate statins well. So we have two choices here. We can either um, put you on another statin and see how you do, but we already know you don't do well on statins, or we can do it all with diet. And that's when I knew it came all down to me. Um, and this is sort of where what I was telling my doctor from the get-go. You know, I'll do my part if you do your part. And here he was saying, it's all up to you, buddy. And that's when we dropped the oil. That's when we um, looked closer and closer at what we were eating and consuming. And that's when we picked Esselstyn back up. And, um, we, you know, we looked, you know, we had a lot of those other foods in our diet, sort of um, transition foods like the diet cheese and those things. And we became real good at reading those labels. And... Um, you know, at the time, oh, you know, we, we only use diet cheese once a week, you know, in this tofu scramble that we made. Well, cutting out oil meant reading more. And even though we didn't have a lot of processed things in the house, that was one of them, and that was gone. Um, so we, we began eating cleaner and cleaner and cleaner, and the weight just started falling off. And um, probably the bulk of the weight dropped off in the past two years. And, you know, when I was 225, 230 when it all began. And um, now I'm 167 today. And my, my hopes when I was at two something was, gee, if I could get down to 185, I'd be great. I never in a million years thought I'd be down at 167, which is as light as I was in high school. <laughs> So you, you mentioned we a lot. So that's that's you and your wife. Um, my wife came on this journey with me right from the get-go. Um, and I, I really, I probably couldn't have done it without her. I, I think I have a tendency to um, be very laid back. And in this case, we couldn't be laid back. So she goes, let's go for a hike. Let's, you know, um, what are we going to make tonight? And um, she, um, both of us went out and we were foodies. We love food. And we couldn't have stayed on this diet if we didn't find recipes that were tasty and appealing. And um, so we scoured cookbooks, websites, Pinterest for those whole food plant-based no oil recipes. And we modified recipes that we like to make them compliant. And we've had a ball. And we've done it together, and um, she's lost her weight. She still has some more to go. She 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 gets angry with me because she says, "Yes, you guys, you lose weight more <laughs> quickly than we do." And they go, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." But um, and my wife Sherry has been the the rock that has helped me through all this to get to where I am now. Uh, so she. she she was ready to to make whatever changes like whenever you whenever you gave the word she 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 was like you know like uh, well she actually she, not, not that she took charge i mean we both sort of took charge but she went a step further um she took the cornell e cornell um plant based nutrition course huh. where she be, she became um she got all that that knowledge from that course that just gave her the science and, and medical aspects behind it. Wow. So she, she basically um, like took on a part-time career as a nutritional expert to help you and herself. True. True. So, you know, like, you know, if I had a question, well, why do we have to cut this? And, and she, she could give me the document or the, the literature and, Oh, Okay. Um, so that helped me and, and she's very good with the, the numbers of, and, and things. Um, so that worked and I am pretty adept in the kitchen. So if we found something, oh, I can modify that. We can make that work. So, um, it was a real team effort, um, to do this. So, you know, an average evening, both of us are in the kitchen side by side, prepping some part of the dinner, which makes that easy for everybody. Mm. 
Okay, so so there's a a happily ever after so far story, but that's just the beginning, right? Because now we can talk about your work with the the Victor Central School District up in v- right. Victor, New York, which I, which I guess is like near Rochester. It's close, between Rochester and yes, Syracuse, sort of close to Rochester, right? Yeah, it's on the outskirts of Rochester. It's exit 45 off the Thruway, um, right next to Rochester. Um, and and last year. Um, the athletic director for the district, one of his side jobs basically was this position of health and wellness coordinator. And I think he wanted to delegate some of his responsibilities off. So he um, asked people if anybody was interested in this position. And a couple of people said, Doug, you should, you know, that's right down your alley. So I did. And I, I wasn't sure where I was going to take things or how it would play out, but I, I said, okay. And, and by this time, um, I had already, we had a, um, we had seen Plant Pure Nation. Um, we've been following the development of the Plant Pure Pods. Um, my wife and I decided to, to make Victor Central one of the pods. And in the back of my head, I was saying, could I use this as a tool to put in a, uh, a 10-day plant-based jumpstart program um, based on the Plant Pure Nation uh, format. And um, once I got in the, in the position, I have a committee that I have to deal with, and I, I, wa- I didn't want to come on too strong. You have to play politics when, when you're doing this, especially in something like a school district. But luckily, through our um, health insurance people, um, they have a consortium of all the school districts in the area and all the health and wellness coordinators get together and we talk about initiatives we want to put forward. And there's a small amount of money involved um, that we can tap. So I I talked to the director of this consortium of school districts and said, I'd like to do this jumpstart. <laughs> Is that something that we could use our funds for? And he says, yes, definitely. Just, you know, work up the numbers and see what, um, I'll see what we can do. And so I got the price of the food from Plant Pure Nation for their frozen food, which was a 10-day supply, um, both um, lunch and dinner, and um, sort of made up my own little kit through them. I thought it was important that we should have the food so the people didn't have to think about cooking and making the food. But I also wanted to give them a resource that they could use in case they wanted to further their education afterwards or even during. So we also had them buy the uh, Plant Pure Nation cookbook. And the insurance company um, sponsored half of the cost of the food and half the cost of the book and covered cost of the biometric screenings for before the 10 days and after the 10 days. So the cost to the employee (laughs) ended up being something like $78 and $78 for 10 days worth of food. I thought it was a pretty good deal and they got a cookbook out of it. So, and um, so I'm I'm curious about the politics because like, it seems like, this went through way easier <laughs> than, than it should have. It's like, did you not have like dietitians talking about the dangers of a vegan diet and what about B12 and vitamin D and carnitine? And, and didn't you have pushback? Like what, why did this, why did this work? <laughs> well, what, what is interesting on the health and wellness committee, we do have a couple nurses and a couple dietitians, nutritionists from University of Rochester um, in, in Rochester on our committee and one of the meetings um, one of them did you know mention you know the, the worst thing we have with vegans and vegetarians that come into our offices is low B12 and and um, low iron and I go mm-hmm but if they're eating properly you know and this is only 10 days and basically there was general consensus sure and I don't know if it was just because I was new in the position, but also the, I, I have a tendency to, um, you know, put, 
push forward until somebody says no. And even then I keep pushing forward. So in this case, nobody said no. They just were saying, you know, you better be careful of this, you know, and I, and I, I said, you know, these people are still under the care of their doctor and it's only 10 days. Um, so the committee had no problem with it. The district had no problem with it. And with the funding, you know, I, I, I did sort of use, well, you know, we have support from our insurance company. So, and when I talked to the district, I said, we have support from our health and wellness uh, committee. <laughs> so, um, played the politics a little bit to, to help push it through. And I put out a call to the district, to all the staff. I go, we have a pilot program. We're going to try. We only have room for 30 participants. Um, when I get 30, I have to close it down. Within three hours, I had 30 participants. Wow. There, there was that much demand for the program. What did What did people know about it? Like, did they just know, did they know the details of like what they'd be eating, or that they were going to get like food for for 10 days for three bucks a meal, or like. Like when you think about yourself that first time when you looked at the diet and you said, well, yeah, maybe, but this is too hard. Like how, how much, how, how much did they know about what they were going to get into for 10 days? I, I, they, I don't think they really knew a lot. I, I did put in the letter and I explained it briefly. I said, um, you know, that this is a 10 day pilot. Um, you will receive, uh, whole food, plant-based, no oil food for 10 days. We'll check your biometrics before. We'll check your biometrics after. And um, this is based on the, uh, the work of, um, you know, these doctors, you know, work like uh, Dr. Esselstyn, McDougal, you know, the, I wanted to make sure they didn't think it was some sort of um, fad diet or something that was coming through. It was just, you know, a, 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 a solid medically um, sound uh, program. And we did have in January of last year, and the, the jumpstart was in April, January of last year, we, we did have an informational meeting for the staff on whole food plant-based. Um, we had about 25 people sign up. So some were interested, some were aware um, not all those 25 ended up in the um, in the pilot, though, uh, which was positive. Um, but so there was some talk and buzz in the district a little bit, and I would share some information through a, a, a district newsletter, health and wellness newsletter I had that I would put okay. out. Uh, but I, I kept that pretty light because I didn't want people thinking I had an agenda, even if I did have an agenda. Uh -huh. So so you're basically just sort of enticing people and then you're gonna like hit them with the with the details once they're already committed, as opposed to like trying to convince people of the pretty much when it, when they came in, they came in for a um, for the first meeting um where I laid it all out, informational meeting after they were selected for the pilot. Um, we ha I had a presentation that explained what whole food plant-based eating was. I, I um, shared some information from the movie Plant Pure Nation. I re recommended that they view it. Um, also shared my story. Um, and that seemed to be enough. There were tons of questions, and there were tons of questions during the jumpstart itself, but though most of them were answered, I sent out a daily email um, newsletter to everybody in the jumpstart that also had video clips from nutritionfacts.org or things from Forks Over Knives, inspirational stories to, to, tell, to help support them through the 10 days. And that's one thing everybody in the uh, jumpstart said, we're going to miss your, your, your informational newsletters, because that really carried the day um, for a lot of the people. So I got, I got to ask you what was in them, because I, I don't know if we talked about this, but I was working with, with Nelson Campbell during the, very, the, the initial jump starts 
in in Mebbin. And I created a 10-day email sequence that included videos that I made explaining things. And like I never got I, I didn't really get a lot of feedback from it. And so I have no idea if like if it was useful or or, or any good, but I'm wondering like what you created and how you thought about what kind of support people would benefit from? Well, initially, a lot of it, well, it was a definite blend. One, I wanted to make sure the science was in there somehow. So, you know, why no dairy? So there was no dairy in there for some, you know, a video from nutritionfacts.org. Then I, I wanted an inspirational story that they could latch onto that would maybe resonate with them. So I looked on um, Forks Over Knives for a couple, a married couple, because we had a, uh, three or four couples in the, in, in the pilot group. So I wanted, you know, here's a couple, and this is how they were successful and their story from there. I also wanted to, to show them um, the power of this. So I, I have one of the McDougal success video stories that I had, put in there, the, the video, uh, I'm trying to remember her name. She was a, a stage three uh, cancer survivor. Oh, Ruth Heydrich? And every time, no, the young uh, girl, she was 28 or early 30. Oh, okay, don't know that one. And, and, and I'm trying to remember her name. And she just glows in the video. And my wife and I cry every time because here's this young, vibrant woman who was on death's door and she survived all because of a whole food plant-based diet. So I wanted people to see those things because those were things we found and were inspired by. And Sherry would share information. Oh, you, you got to go find a, this video or that video to help shore them up. And also, so they have the information that when somebody says, why are you on this whole food plant-based thing? It's just another thing like paleo. It's just another thing like, you know, whatever this diet is. And so we wanted to empower them so they could also talk about it. Maybe not um, real strongly, but at least they knew in their hearts there's some value to this. And um, each day we upped the ante a little bit more with um, more science, more of, of the um, inspirational stories. Um, I think I even uh, used Josh Lajani in one of them because I, I that's where I first read about him was in Forks Over Knives. Um, so um, it, it seemed to work. Um, people afterwards, I, I did a survey uh, two months afterwards, and I asked things like, um, how have you changed your diet? Are you going to stay on this diet or this way of eating long term? There were some people said, absolutely, this is the only way I'm going to go. There were other people said, uh, we may, we have adopted some of the parts. We've eaten more fruits, vegetables. We've cut dairy. Dairy almost across the board, everybody cut. So I have to go back in my newsletters and see, okay, what did I say about dairy? What, what were those videos that I used? Because that was the most powerful thing that came out of it mm. um, for a lot of people was they cut the dairy. Uh -huh. Um, but it, it, it seemed between that and I think the other advantage we have as a school district, um, a lot of the people cross each other's paths during the day and they became a support network during the day for each other. You know, they would say, Hey, how'd you like that? Um, entree? Oh, I didn't like that one. Oh, I like this one though. Or just how's it going? You know? Um, so they, uh, and to this day, I'll see clusters of people in different buildings that were part of the pilot program talking. And I walk up and they're talking about a recipe hmm. or they're talking about their most recent weight loss. And it's great. I think, it, it, you know, in a small community like that uh, of teachers, it, it has worked extremely well. Gotcha. Now, the, the jumpstarting, as you mentioned, includes lunches and dinners. So it doesn't include breakfast, snacks, and, you know, like meals for kids. So what kind of support did you give people to be compliant 
around the the two meals that they didn't have to think about? Well, the, the Plant Cure people did put out a, a packet for working through the Jumpstart, which had some suggestions for breakfast in there. Sherry and I also shared our recipes for a couple breakfast items that we use. We also shared with them a hummus recipe that Sherry had come up with um, and talked about what we have for snacks. Um, we taught, we gave them our recipe for uh, roasted potatoes, which um, great roasted potatoes. We say when we're hungry, we really get that craving and we're starving. Um, we use these and we dip them in ketchup or mustard um, as a snack. And um, so they had those things to go with. And people would ask, well, gee, what do I do for breakfast? You know, I can't have my yogurt anymore. And basically we referred them to Essie's bowl, you know, the bowl of oats and fresh fruit and things. And people were very satisfied. Um, The takeaway for most people was that there was more than enough food for them to eat. And they never felt starved or deprived, um, which was great because... Uh, I mean, even us going into this, we, we weren't sure how the uh, jumpstart would work. We just believed that it would work, but we had never actually seen the development except in the movie. So um, it, it, nothing but rave reviews. And we had a, uh, after the last biometrics, we, we had a little um, um, celebration with, we brought in um, 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 Rip Esselstyn's, um um, lasagna, raise the roof lasagna. We, we made that and brought it into the group, and they all had that. And we just shared about the ten days and and the results and and what people thought. Um, and and it was interesting. Even the people that the, the company that we had the biometrics in do the biometrics, they were surprised at the changes. They were surprised that ten days could make that big of a difference. Huh. So, so what were the, uh, if you can share the aggregates or any, any of the numbers, like what were the initial biometrics? Like how, how bad were these folks? Um, some were bad, some were not too bad. I mean, we had a nice uh, cross-section. Um, out of the 30 people, um, when we started, we had um, 12 of the 30 had cholesterol over 200. Um, two of those people had a total cholesterol over uh, 275. The other one had 313. Mm. Um, so, you know, we, we had a good portion that were um, pretty high with the cholesterol. Um, after the 10 days, all of them were within um, the optimum range for total cholesterol, except for the one who had the 313. But even he dropped um, 44 points with his cholesterol. So, so that's like, um, that's like thrilled. 15%. Yeah. In 10 days. Uh, we had an, o- we had an overall, um, drop of 50 points, um, average drop in uh, total cholesterol for the group. Uh-huh. Um, we had, I wonder if that person wasn't enti- as entirely compliant because the, the numbers I saw was like the higher it was, the bigger the drop. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. This this person, he was uh, a good-sized man, um, but he also was coming off of, um, he had some other medical issues um, earlier, and um, that's what brought him to this. His wife was um, on um, a lifestyle medicine program in the city that worked for her, which was whole food plant-based, so he decided to try this. So I don't know because I have no way of, of truly knowing. Oh, you you, mean you haven't installed uh, hidden cameras in all your uh, participants' homes in not, their in their kitchen? Yeah, I'm working on that for the next. Uh, yeah, I thought that was just protocol. But, <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> same here. <laughs> um, but we had another lady. Um, she she had the 275 total cholesterol. Her blood glucose was 470. And um, after the 10 days, it dropped in the um, normal range, which, you know, that, that was amazing to her. That was a wake-up call to her. Um, and both those two individuals, one lost 10 pounds in 10 days. The other one lost 15 pounds in 10 days. Uh-huh. That's a, so, that so, sounds pretty compliant. I mean, right. 
um, we had um, even the people who were like one of our um, people was um, our athletic director. He decided to do it because ah, I eat pretty healthy. You know, he wasn't expecting anything. He just wanted to see what it was all about, basically. And even he lost 20, 30 points. I can't remember the exact number um, in his total cholesterol. So he was going, oh, maybe I'll start eating a little better. Yeah. <laughs> So, did, um, did did pe- do people understand that like there's a I th- I, th- I think a belief and I think it's not true that any improvement like it's linear like you know you add a stalk of broccoli that'll help you add three stalks of broccoli you take away some cheese that'll help more do people understand like the jump start was constructed pretty extremely because like that's where you need to go to see results. Or did people feel like, well, like your athletic director, well, maybe I'll start eating a little better. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm asking. Well, you know, it's it, it, yes, I, and the thing is, I, I think you know, even within the whole food plant based world, at times you have some people who say, you know, it's a journey. People get there, you can't force them along, and then you have like the stricter followers, and especially like the Esselstyn group, it's all or nothing. Um, my wife will say, you know, Sherry will say, you know, you can't expect a hundred percent results with 50% of the effort. Hmm. Uh, I mean, if, if you're only doing this 50%, don't expect even 50%. You're, you're not going to get the results you're thinking. And I don't think people get that. I, I think sometimes that comes with, um, you know, when we, we got into this, it took us six years to get to where we are now. We wanted to literally jump the people ahead by giving them the knowledge we acquired and also giving them this chance to see it in action very quickly. But still there's people, um, even from our jumpstart now, you can see the people that grasped onto it and said, yes, this is the way. And the other people that are trying to sort of um, gain the system, but they're not getting the success. They're not getting the results that they, the other people are. And I don't know if that's going to ever kick in for those people. Hmm. Don't know. Yeah. Well, so so you've had you, your group finished what in the spring of of this year of 2016, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and you you know you say you still hear people talking about it, sharing recipes, and you know unlike our jump starts, which were very much one off and and kind of unsupported by an ongoing infrastructure. You're still there. There's still a school district. Are there plans to expand and uh, and scale and keep doing it? Well, I, I I've talked with the the my person with the insurance company, and he says, you know, we can't support it like we did last year, not for the same amount. But um, what I'm looking at doing is I've applied for grants, local grants, to hopefully defray the cost. I called around and came across a local research lab that does biometric screenings. And I proposed, you know, I said, you know, if I get another jumpstart going, because they said on their website, they offer free biometric screenings. I go, that's great. So I, I sent an email off and the president of the company called up and said, Oh, we'd love to do that. Sure. So they're going to give us free biometric screenings before and after. Wow. So now I, I just have to work. If I get the funding for to help defray the cost of the food again, that would be great. I'm looking to see if I can up it to like 50 people that I could have involved. I do have staff that have called and said, are you going to do that again this year? So I am working at trying to get that done again. Um, so hopefully this time it will even be better, with better results. <clears throat> because a lot of the people that are also interested are um, following the people who are their friends who were in the jumpstart last year. So it's having this ripple effect. And I want to keep that ripple effect going. Right. So I'm curious about the, the insurance company saying, you know, well, we'll, we'll give you something, but we're not going to support it to the extent. So it's, it sounds like that's not coming from a, a bean counter. Like, you know, like it seems like an insurance company would 
if they ran the numbers on these people's improvement, would be like, we can make a shit ton of money if we get everyone eating this way, because they're still going to pay us and we won't have to pay out claims. Well, you know, it's convincing um, systems, I think. And, and there's a couple things at play here. The consortium of, of um, health and wellness um, coordinators in the districts, um, this consortium that we're in, the, the insurance company is willing to give so much money each year to each district to try new initiatives. And it's sort of their way of cheaply, okay, let's see what's out there that might work that we might be able to put to good use. So they test something. That was cool. Um, but they can't do it on a perpetual basis. So like he's saying, if you want to do something again this year, you may have to scale it down because, and, and it, with the monies we have, that, that's just one focus of health and wellness for my district. So I'm also trying for, for me to spread not just that message, but there's other areas that we need to also work on as a district for health and wellness. And I'm sort of also playing the long game here. I don't want people to just come and think that I'm just that whole food plant-based guy who's trying to push his agenda. That I am there to help them become healthier and to show them the way and address other issues as well as whole food plant-based eating. And um, those politics are, are not an easy thing to play sometimes. Um, also, as health and wellness coordinator for the district, I do have a, a little um, input into student health. <clears throat> so how do I get changes in the school lunch program? How do I get changes um, into the students' daily health? Um, that's an even harder nut to crack just because of all the government regulations on school food. Uh, for example? Um, milk. Um, the only milk alternative you can provide is soy milk. That's the only one that the USDA says is comparable to milk. Now, if you don't take any money from the government for free lunch or free breakfast, and you can sort of do what you want, but all the school districts don't have the money for that. So since they take money, they can only offer that soy milk if they have it, which is typically more expensive than milk, so districts don't have it, or lactate. Those are the only th uh, options. You can't have almond milk. You can't offer it. You, you can't have any of the other um, non-dairy milks. Huh. <laughs> it seems like you know these big companies like Silk, would be would be lobbying kind of hard. You, you'd think, and maybe, but you know that dairy council is so strong that dairy lobby. The other thing is, like for instance, even uh, a thing of juice is counted as a fruit. Um, the only meat replacement allowed is beans, which isn't a bad thing, but. Tofu doesn't count. Satan doesn't count. None of those other things could possibly count. Just beans is the only uh, protein yeah. replacement. So we're asking our kids to like be serious Esselstyn followers. Like the, the the one group that's kind of needs the most transitional foods aren't aren't able to get them. Right. And and just um, and, and, the, the, and that milk. So so the rule is like, do they have to serve milk if they're taking government aid? Yes, and they have to offer the milk. Now, the kid doesn't have to take the milk, but they have to offer the milk. Uh -huh. And sort of how it's offered is you got to take a milk. Mm. You know, so, so, you know, you have a little second grader. They're not going to say no to this adult who's saying take a milk. Now, they may throw that milk out. Some kids do. But um, there's that. Um, I, I just was in a discussion about chocolate milk. Why serve chocolate milk? 22 grams of sugar in an eight ounce portion. And you have your kids who get the free lunch and free breakfast that this is the, their main nutrition. And they're getting that chocolate milk for breakfast and they're getting it for lunch. 44 grams of sugar in a day. 
Um, but the general thought in in the world out there is, well, milk is good for you, even if it has sugar in it. And so you have to fight that battle as well. Um, that, you know, why is the milk there in, in the first place? Um, I was talking with, um, we have a new food service director. Um, is there any um, talk or discussion on the World Health Organization um, um, state that came out this past year about um, class one carcinogens in processed meats? And she goes, no, there hasn't been a lot of dialogue. Hmm. So it's, it's like, uh, that is even the harder road to go. Um, but, you know, I figure if we can also work at changing the attitudes and diets of teachers, then there's a trickle-down effect there to families and trickle-down effect to um, students. Um, and people will start changing their views on what is healthy. I think um, Americans in general have a skewed sense of what's healthy. Yeah. Boy, I have a much better appreciation of what you mean by the long game. <laughs> wow. And it's a tough one. I don't know. You know, I told our new food service director, I, I want to make, I, I'd like to help her make changes in our food service program so we can be uh, an example to other schools. Um, and maybe uh, making a new, um, I'm not thinking of the word, um, a new paradigm for um, school food. And it's tough because I, I don't expect to get meat out, out of there completely. I, I don't expect that to happen, at least while I'm teaching my last few years. But if I can make changes, can, if I can make sure that, you know, maybe every day there's a whole food plant-based entree in addition to what's offered and that we're getting the kids to eat healthier. Um, I'm, I did through the health and wellness committee and through my position as a teacher, um, convince the district to, uh, I'm going into every second grade classroom talking about the four most important foods you can eat. And we're talking fruits, vegetable grains, and legumes. And so I, I had my first kickoff um, with all the second graders yesterday, and I went into the cafeteria later in the day, and kids are holding up, look, Mr. Schmidt, I got fruit. Hmm. Look, Mr. Schmidt, I have a, a whole wheat peanut butter sandwich, and peanut butters are legumes, peanuts are legumes. So they're very receptive at that age. So, I, you know, they may not be able to change everything that they're getting at home, but if they're made aware that this is healthier for them, um, maybe they'll make better choices. Cool. So I, I'm, I, I have hope for the younger generation. Hopefully we can help them out a little bit. Cool. So I don't want to let you go without finding out what happened to you. Like, uh, you know, we, we, you, you and I met at plant stock and we were on the, uh, the, the the half a mile hike from hell that that lasted like <laughs> three three or four days till we found our way back to the parking lot. You're obviously in, in good shape. What what uh, what are you up to, and how's your health? Um, what was great was after that statin issue, um, I dropped all my statins. I mean, all my drug, all my I'm off all prescription medicine for um, heart issues. I, I'm not taking a pill for anything. Not even a daily. Aspirin. In fact, this past May, um, I had a, um, I read an article that people on a plant-based diet who are taking the daily aspirin are more susceptible to stroke. And I didn't know who to talk to. I was sort of, we, we moved last year. We're between doctors. Um, I, I didn't know my doctor real well. Then you always hear, oh, just write to Esselstyn or just write to McDougal. And so I did. I wrote to Dr. Esselstyn. His assistant wrote me back and said the doctor would like your phone to give you a call to answer your question. Next day, I get a call. Hi, I'm Dr. Esselstyn. I hear you have a question. <laughs> and, and he said, um, I, I posed my question, you know, what about a daily aspirin? He goes, yep, if, you're, if you've been eating this, like you say, for two years, this whole food plant-based diet and oil, and you're taking a daily aspirin, you're more susceptible to stroke, macular degeneration, and stomach ulcers. 
He goes, if I were you, I wouldn't take the aspirin anymore. I go, so you're saying I can just stop this cold turkey right now? He goes, do you want macular degeneration? Do you want <laughs> stomach ulcers? Do you want um, stroke? So I stopped aspirin that day, and that was the last thing I was on prescribed by my doctor. So I, I've been clean with that since May, um, not even a daily aspirin. Uh, my wife and I started taking up running this summer. And we felt like we were lead-footed in the beginning, and now um, we look for it. We typically uh, do weight training one day and running on the opposite day. And, in fact, right after this phone call, we're getting on our sneakers, and we're going to go for our evening run. All right. Well, I, I saw on, uh, on Strava, you're right, your wife did, uh, a few days ago, did a, a solid three-and-a-half-mile run near Buckland Park. Yeah, we're we're both um, um, pretty comfortable. We're going to be running a 5K at our school district. They have one uh, coming up in October, and we're both trying to uh, get ourselves trained up for a 10K. We don't know what 10K yet, but that's what we're training for. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, sounds sounds like it's working for you. It's it's amazing. I feel like I found the fountain of youth. I'm lighter than I was, and I'm as light as I was in high school, and I have more energy than I had in my 30s and 40s. And here I am, almost—I'll be 58 in October, and I feel great. Awesome. Well, it's so great to hear your your personal story of of dodging that bullet, getting a second lease on life, and becoming a uh, an athlete, and even more so to 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 see you in this position of being able to, you know, slowly but surely affect the school system. And, you know, maybe in five years there'll be, you know, every, every bureaucrat in health and human services in Washington is going to be discussing the Victor miracle and, and figuring out how, how to roll it out across the country. So um, I'm, I'm so grateful for the part that you're playing. Um, and I, I wish you and Sherry all the best in all your upcoming pursuits. Thank you so much, and it was a pleasure talking with you and having this opportunity to share. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Doug. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. For more information about the Big Change Program, led by me and Josh Lajani, visit bigchangeprogram.com. And be sure to check out the show notes for today's episode with links to everything we talked about at plantyourself.com slash 185. If you're new to the show, you can catch up on 184 archived episodes over at plantyourself.com. If you get the podcast but not my weekly email newsletter, you can get that at plantyourself.com as well. I include links to original articles and I share episodes of my Tribe Well TV show as well. Big thanks to Plant Yourself podcast patrons Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Elizabeth Clifton, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Breathe, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Scharf, Tina Ahern, the Tinas, yay, Jen Vilkanovsky, David Bizek, the mysterious Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Victoria Dolomanova, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Landry, Josina, Julianne Rowland, Stu Dolnick, and Sarah Durkis rhymes with circus for your generous support of the podcast. Thanks also to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabati Don, Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willridenauer.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can share this and other episodes on social media. And via email, you can write a review on iTunes. Here's a couple of reviews that just came in. Selby Girl 6 says, Great interviews. I recently discovered this podcast and have been thoroughly enjoying all the guests that Howard has had on. Great subject matter and questions asked and answered. It does seem that often it is very hard to hear the interviewee due to static or dial tones popping up or the call breaking up. Yeah, I'm aware of that, sadly. Also, the harp music in the intro is a little too much and drowns out what Howard has to say. Maybe he could turn down the volume just a notch on the harp, otherwise keep up the great work. All right, I've heard that from people too. I can't hear it, so I need to get I need to add a step to my workflow to get someone with better ears. <laughs> To, uh, to listen to it so I can uh, I can duck the music sufficiently. I just love it. It's not harp, by the way. It's Kora, uh, K-O-R-A, this uh, West African instrument that looks kind of like a... Well, it doesn't really look like anything, but uh, check it out. 
you can Google image it, K-O-R-A. But uh, Selby Girl 6, thank you for that feedback. I will, I will get on it. Becca D. from Australia says, my favorite podcaster. Plant Yourself is always a good listen. Howard chooses a range of fascinating people across a range of health and wellness topics, and he's consistently articulate, knowledgeable, and intuitive, bringing out the best in his guests. Oh, thank you so much, Becca D. from Australia. And of course, another really helpful way to support the show is to support me financially so that I can devote the time and resources into producing the show every week, finding the guests, preparing for the interviews, interviewing them, editing, making the chorus music too loud, all the stuff that I do uh, takes time and it takes me away from, from other things. So if you'd like to become a patron, you can pledge a one-time amount or an ongoing gift and you can do that over on the right sidebar at plantyourself.com. In garden news, it's gotten really, really chilly over here the last few days. This morning it was 26 Fahrenheit, so we've been double covering the greens and we're front-loading our consumption just in case a killing frost gets them so we don't want to lose them all before they can get into our bodies and nourish us. In running news, it's been really, really cold here. It's 26 degrees this morning, so I decided to run after I record this intro to today's podcast. Um, Running has been paying off big time. Last night, um, my Ultimate Frisbee team, the Killer Bees, won our Carborough Ultimate uh, Championship for Fall League. And I've got to say, this running has really been paying off. For the first time in maybe a dozen years, or maybe more, maybe 20, 25 years, I felt like I was an asset and not a liability on the field. And it feels really good to be able to run with the young guys and hold my head up high and not have to like wheeze and take a knee in the middle of points and... Uh, and that sort of thing. So I highly recommend fitness. I wish I had discovered it sooner, but here I am, and here we all are. That's it for this week. So as always, be well, my friends.